A conversation can change the way you think, how you feel, or even what you believe. So no matter what the conversation's about, it's not for nothing. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Not For Nothing. My name is Kyle Leon Henderson, and today we got uh, a blast from the past, a blast from my past. Uh, I wanted y'all to know he's still around. It's Ethan Ham. It's me again, Margaret. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's going to know what that means. Uh, It's Ray Stevens. Of course, you're going to come up here and help Kitty Cat. He is on one today. Yeah, he is. As of 7 o'clock this morning. He there has decided go. that the world is his oyster, and that's all there is to it. <laughs> well, uh, welcome back to the show after about a, a little about over a year. Uh, not really over a year. Probably right at a year yeah. that you've been here. But um, hi, how you doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm feeling a little sleepy today. How are How is 2024 <laughs> treating you? Um, so far, it's been good. Um, you know, I went into 2024 kind of feeling like, this year was going to give me some answers to things. Well, and I it's been. I think it's going to happen. Uh, 19 days. So, have you gotten any answers? Not answers, but um, having, um, I'm having some, some feelings. I'm having, I'm having some, like, I don't want to say premonitions, but something like that. Okay. Well, we'll get into it because um, this episode, we're just kind of celebrating. It's been a year of nothing but friendship. For you and me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people were very skeptical of our situation of breaking up, ending what was almost an engagement, and being best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think that's going? I think it's um, been one of the best things in my life, <laughs> really? to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you, you appreciate me so much more as just a friend, huh? Uh-huh. And I think you do me as well. <laughs> it's true, I do. Yeah. Um, I think about that. Um, you know, obviously less than I did right after the breakup, but I still think about it a good bit of just like how we really spent a lot of time forcing something that just was not going to happen for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's true. And, you know, I said on the episode, the last episode you were on, it was all about us breaking up and us, you know, staying friends. And I said, if you want a breakup that is this smooth, get over it because you never will. And we did have a pretty smooth transition, I would think. Yeah. Um. There's been some, some interesting conversations, but mostly no, no fights. We never no fought fights. about it. Um. But yeah. Do you what's what do you find to be true now? A year of friendship with me. Um. Well, one of the first things that comes to mind is that um, you're one of the best friends a person could have. Elaborate, um, same all. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I feel like I do feel like our situation is weird and different, though, because mm-hmm. uh, okay, here's what I'll say, and I do mean this as mostly a positive thing. <laughs> um, you can be tough on your friends. Um, you have a you have high expectations of yourself, and by proxy, you have high expectations of the people who you want to be in your life Mm -hmm. like you have you meet people and you know right away like oh i want to have this person in my life but once you've decided that you also want that person to be their best self and sometimes people don't want to be their best selves (laughs) (laughs) i just want to be a space for people to grow and learn 
And for people who choose to be in my life, I, I've found this to be true. I was talking about it with my therapist this morning. Um, I just, I hold myself to an incredibly high standard of curiosity and perfectionism, not perfectionism that something has to be perfect, but I am a perfectionist when it comes to being meticulously thoughtful about everything I do. I want to do things on purpose. I don't want to respond to things as much anymore. But with people in my life who come around, I just, I want to help them to see that you don't have to be such a victim of the circumstance. You can choose to get ahead of the eight ball, you, you know, and the, yeah, I, I can be tough on people, but I'm no, I'm no tougher on anyone than I am on myself. I think. No, I think you're um, tougher on yourself than you are on others. Yeah. Um, well, that's, in, that's an interesting perspective to, um, to, to see it from. Yeah. But uh, the other part of that is, you know, if that person in your life is able to kind of like rise to the challenge that you present to them, then they will find that you are one of the best friends that a person could have. Mm. Yeah. I'm loyal. And uh, I was telling my therapist right now, I've, I've caused uh, myself a lot of grief in the last year and a half over friendships that were ill-fated and unrequited friendships in a lot of ways that I've had to move on from. And once I've moved on, they cannot handle me chasing them anymore. I, get, it, I see them just, they're really spinning their wheels. Why has Kyle stopped giving me attention? And I'm like, because you didn't want it. I've been, um, able, yeah. I've been able to watch that sort of happen from a distance because, <laughs> you know, these people who you're talking about, I don't interact with them a lot, but I hear about them a lot yeah. from you and from other people in our lives. And just hearing the stories of like... Do you sit back and think, these people seem insufferable? Sometimes, but no, mostly because you know me. Like, I don't suffer fools gladly. And if you are a fool, I don't either. I don't. If, if you are a fool, I just have no problem at all being like, okay, bye, and just being done, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. So it's not so much that I think they're insufferable. It's just that I do think it's very funny that a person could, like, treat you or anybody a certain way. And then you will decide that you're done with them. And then they'll be like, but why? But why are you done with me? <laughs> <laughs> it really is so stupid. But uh, over the last year, you've been dating someone. I've been dating someone. Mm -hmm. um, you've taken a lot of trips around the I world. <laughs> you've traveled around the world. Well, I'm not quite. Um, I've traveled to South America and I've traveled to Mexico. Well, you've traveled up and down the Western Hemisphere. Um, yeah, some of those trips were um, better than others. <laughs> none of them were, none of them were bad. It's only been two, right? It's only been, yeah, I guess, Chile and Mexico. Yeah, you went yeah. to Chile. You went to Mexico. But for person who, for a person who's never had a passport to then take two international trips in one year, mm -hmm. I guess is a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, a lot of people told me, "Oh, you'll get the travel bug. You'll get the travel bug." I don't think I have. Like, <laughs> really? No, I don't. I'm not like itching to go mostly for money, you know, like, you know, it's nothing surprising. I'm sure for a lot of listeners out there, one of the biggest roadblocks is money. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And just the simple fact of not being able to afford to go somewhere kind of keeps you from wanting to go somewhere. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I've got places on my list, you know, I've, I want to go to the UK. Um, I think I want to go to Australia. It's just so far. <laughs> it's a 17 hour flight. 
But I do want to go, and I also want to go to Japan, which is also, I think, pretty much equally as far, if not mm-hmm. further. Not I think sure. it's further, depending on where you're going in yeah. Australia. Um, but yeah, I've got places up France, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got places I want to go, but I am not itching to go, like now. Yeah. Well, um, you, I don't really know your boyfriend too much, but you do know mine very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me all about that. What do you think? On about, this show, his name is Robert. Robert, about you and Robert. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think honestly, I think it's great. Really, I really do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I tell people like clients and stuff, and I hope you don't mind that. But I don't, you know, give any personal details because they ask. <laughs> I about, don't know them exactly. Um, but they ask about me and what's going on. So a lot of people who you don't know and will never know <laughs> are aware that you and I split up and then we still live together and we're still best friends mm-hmm. and you and your boyfriend got together pretty soon after we split up and we all know each other and it's all great. And people's brains just explode and melt out of their ears when I mm-hmm. tell them about all this. Well, and that's the thing you were talking about money. Um, you and I afforded ourselves a lifestyle when we were together uh, and we spent a year, and you you hate this, but we spent a year consciously uncoupling, or about six months rather, mm-hmm. sort of slow rolling our un, unentangling our financial entanglements, uh, and really sort of sussing it out and moving ourselves to just roommates. And the reason we stayed roommates is because, like I said, we afforded a lifestyle that was comfortable and we have a nice place to live. Mm -hmm. We've got enough space for both of us. And if money were not a factor, we would be living on our own. And we're we're soon we're soon going to be living on our own. Yeah. Um, But it just we agreed we were going to take care of each other. Uh, in the way that family does, and we're not going to leave each other behind. I'm going to get you where you're going, and you're going to get me where I'm going mm-hmm. in whatever supportive friendship way we can, and that includes being roommates. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have enough money to move out on your own, or I don't have enough money to move out on our own, we'll we'll take it month by month and see what happens. And so that's where we are. Uh, and luckily, Robert feels okay with that. And yeah, and he um, from the very beginning was so. Um, sensitive and so respectful mm-hmm. of me, yeah, and the whole process of everything happening. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I have tried to be respectful and supportive of him mm-hmm. and the two of you as well. And it hasn't been hard, you know. Um, uh, I think the two of you make a very cute couple. Oh, thank you. Um, and and yeah, I mean, I think we make great friends. Mm-hmm. We've traveled together locally. Yes, we have ish, local ish. Mm-hmm. We went up, yeah, local. went up north of, in Northern California. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and Michelle and Flo, they're everybody. Everybody keeps asking about Michelle and Flo. They're like, "Where the hell is Michelle?" <laughs> <laughs> She's in France. Yeah, she, and they're like, "But I haven't seen her since 2023." And I'm like, "Yeah, and yep. you won't see her till almost February." Yeah, she's gone for a long time. Hopefully, she'll be back. Maybe she won't stay forever. Um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but uh, we be kind of we kind of became more our little close knit family of five. Uh, me, you, Robert, 
and Michelle and Flo. And um and once your your boyfriend is not elsewhere mm-hmm. in, in the world, uh he's you know, y'all are doing a little bit of a long distance thing for right now. But uh once he's here will be because that's you know not to get too deep into it but if that that's what seems to be presumably the plan he'll be here at him and at some point soon and you know five will become six and there we are and but then also we are sort of picking up friends along the way that we start seeing and hanging out more with uh and that's all been my journey of letting go of friends who well I, I can't call them friends. They're not friends. They, they, I tried to be their friend and they said, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And instead of trying, I had to just let it go. And it wouldn't have been so difficult to let it go, but Robert was really close to some, to several people that I've had to let go. And so I, I tried as best I could, but now it's just more of a quiet space, but it's interesting in 2024, new friendships are developing and new associations and new habits because we've been to <laughs> you and me and Isaac, who was just on the show um, last week, and our friend Karen and Robert. We all have uh, been going to movies and, <laughs> and stuff together and having dinners together. And it was just interesting. And Karen was like, just me and the boys. Yep. <laughs> and then our friend Jessica, who's coming on the show after she gets back from her trip, uh, she came to the movies the last time we came. And she goes, thank God you're here. It's it's a lot of guys. Yep. And so... Uh, so and, you know, like, contrary to what some people may think, a bunch of gay guys is still guys. Yeah. And uh, Jessica and Karen are best friends. And it was so funny because... We, uh, I was like, Robert's uh, bringing Jessica. She's going to go to the movies with us. And Karen's like, um, okay. <laughs> and then we walked in and she was like, oh, that Jessica. Oh. And I was like, which one did you think? You She's were your like, best yeah, friend. your friend Jessica. <laughs> your best friend Jessica <laughs> is coming to the movies. Um, but no, it's just been, it's been a lot of fun. We've re- been able to relax a little bit. Um, and, and yeah. Well, tell me about a little bit about your relationship with Robert. Well, we were friends before the two of you got together. Um, yeah. And not, you know, like when I say we, I mean like all of us were friends before the two of you got together. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, honestly, I think in a way made it easier for me to stay, yeah. you know, to be friends with him <laughs> once you guys were together. Mm-hmm. Um, because I already knew him and I already knew um, what kind of person he was. Yeah. And that he was, you know, a good egg. Um, yeah, it is interesting because I had a sense of him and like his personality before you guys got together. And then I saw how he changes kind of his personality once he really gets to know you and kind of lets how so, I mean, to be perfectly honest in those early stages when we were just freshly friends and I was just starting to hang out around him and get to know him, Mm -hmm. he seemed very like too cool for school and like, Real, oh, well, that was, yeah. Real suave and like, you know, charming. And he's charming. But now he's mm-hmm. just like a he's, sweetheart and he's goofy. goofy. And, yeah. yeah. Um, that was more me. Uh-huh. He was doing that for me. He tried to put on that persona a little bit, which we all do. We put yeah, on a persona sure. to protect ourselves. Um, So, you know, that was him feeling it out. But. Yeah, that's interesting. But y'all have an interesting relationship. It's funny. Uh, when I go away 
for Christmas or any time I'm in Alabama when y'all are not, you're not in Alabama for your travels and, and he didn't come with me. Y'all just seem to hang out and yeah. do your thing. Usually at least once, um, we'll hang out and have dinner. Yeah. Just the two of us and send you a selfie. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> yeah. We're hanging out. Yeah. And you know, in my family, well, especially my mother, they, they always ask about you and, and mom calls you still, and mm-hmm. you know she's she's like your family, and you can't leave. So, <laughs> and that's that's perfectly okay. I love yeah. that. Oh, um, I love that. But um, but yeah. So I just I wanted to bring you back because um, yeah, you're still here. We're still in each other's lives. So what do you foresee our future being? Um, you know it's it's interesting, and I don't mean this in any kind of negative way about other people, but sometimes when I talk about like coworkers and su- and other people about like our plans and like, you know, we're going to be moving out soon and getting our own places. Yeah. And they're always eager. They always kind of project this idea onto me of like, Oh, so you're going to get some space. And I'm like, well, yeah, but we're still going to like see each other a lot. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh really? Like, yeah, like we're probably going to try to, I don't know, I foresee us making sort of like a loose promise. Yeah. You know, within reason to see each other like once a week. Yeah. And like hang out. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of like, oh, like I've even had some people tell me that that's not a good idea. (laughs) Who? I don't want to say. I want to. Is it people I know? No. Oh, okay. Um, But. Is it coworkers though? uh Oh, okay. That's fine. Um. But yeah, I well, just... and that's that's something not to not to interrupt there, but it just because I'm thinking in terms of I had therapy today, and my therapist was asking me, "Do you feel like people have always projected onto you things that they're insecure about?" And I was like, "I don't know." And then I started talking about it, and he goes, "It sounds like they have," <laughs> and that to me is just they're like, "That's not a good idea." They are not seeing our situation for what it is. They are projecting. Well, and I know this person who said that, again, as a coworker, and yeah, she's for sure projecting. But that's the thing. I'm very, it's very easy for me to see that, and it's yeah. very easy for me to just kind of like let it, let it bounce off of me, because it's not about me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because um, <clears throat> I foresee you having a key to my house. Yeah, same. Uh, and you'll be feeding my cat when I'm away, and vice versa. Yeah, same. Um, you know, I mean loosely over the past year or so like you said conscious uncoupling and which by the way i feel like if anybody other than gwyneth paltrow had said that people wouldn't roll their eyes at it so much oh my god yeah because people just roll their eyes at her. like if brene brown had it, said i was uncoupling, just gonna say brene brown people would be like ah yes very yes, wise yeah, you know? that is a great way to do it <laughs> uh and you know i always feel like you and i in our lives somehow are bellwether sheep what is that do you know you don't know what bellwether sheep <laughs> uh-uh. means <laughs> the bellwether sheep is a political term oh. that means that you can kind of see how the ti- how things are going to go, how the tides are going to turn. Like uh, in a county, um, Miami, Dade County, for Florida is the bellwether sheep. Whatever, uh, be- okay. whatever, whatever Miami does, the rest of the rest of Florida is probably going to do, or or so vice versa, something like that. Like LA is like the bellwether sheep of California. Yeah, LA and San Francisco. Maybe who knows? Who knows at this point for the for this state? Hey, we might but end up becoming two states. <laughs> in our in our friend circle, though, and in people we know, I always find that you and I tend to be bellwether sheep. Okay. Yes, I agree. Because literally, literally, 
<laughs> because literally the second you and I had sort of put started putting on this persona, I don't even know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but we put on this at one point we considered our, considered ourselves to be polyamorous. And literally the second I said it out loud, I looked around, it seemed like everybody was polyamorous. And now neither of us are, and people still are a little bit. And then you and I had to um, wind up having to get a divorce. Have we talked about that on the on the podcast? I don't know if we talked about that. I don't know. That's what I was. That's what I was trying to ask you before we started. It was like I know we've talked about. We talked breaking about breaking up. up. I don't know. Well, I, I will say we'll go back to that story. Um, but yeah, we're getting a divorce. I'll tell you all about it. But the second we started, we decided we're getting a divorce. Everybody started divorcing. Yep. And I was like, what is and happening? I, and you know, you hear stories about how that's how it goes. Like the first couple does it and then it like falls like dominoes. And I never wanted to be the, f- the starter of a divorce domino. <laughs> but Well, everybody seems to be living their best life within divorce. Yeah. But ours, ours was a surprise divorce. Yeah. Kind of. Um, um yeah. So, but to, to go back to what I was saying, yeah, you go before, back. Um, before we start talking about divorce, because that's a whole kettle of fish. <laughs> um, Is that a saying? Lots of animal talk in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, lots of animal phrases. Um, yeah. I, uh, I foresee us like, okay, so when we were talking about moving out on our own, like gradually, we didn't just jump right out at the beginning and say, so we're moving out, right? Like we kind of took it as we could. Um, but when we started loosely discussing what that was going to look like, um, we started asking mm-hmm. each other, like, where do you want to live? And, you know, I've, I bopped around a little bit here and there, but now I've settled on staying pretty much in the same area that we're in now. I and will you, say, and you always had plans to stay. I didn't want to leave. Well, I, I work close by and I bought a car this year that won't let me go far away. Uh, cause I have an electric car. Um, uh, but yeah, you, and forgive me if this is speaking out of school, but um, you had toyed with going to Long Beach, mm-hmm. and I sort of, I was pretty stern about it. I was like, you're not going to Long Beach. You well, can't do that. Uh, you know, in, in the fact, like, not that you needed my permission, but in that way that you will not allow your best friend to move that far away, because I said, you're going to go to Long Beach, and you're never going to see any of us again. Well, okay. Because if if we're too busy. If I may. And it is far. Um, but if I may, like mm-hmm. I said earlier, when I spoke about us still spending a lot of time together mm-hmm. and that coworker of mine saying, oh, it's a bad idea, I knew that was projecting. When I told you about, I might move to Long Beach, and you said, that's a bad idea, I knew that wasn't projecting. Mm-hmm. I knew that was you voicing your concerns and giving advice. Yeah. And so when you said that, I was like, mm, okay, I'm going to yeah listen to that. I was just like, you don't, we, I've been to Long Beach twice since I've lived here. I had never been times. before I went to visit thinking I might move there. You've I'd been never... once. Really? I took you for your birthday to go to the Long Beach Aquarium one year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, So I didn't even realize that was Long Beach. Yeah, that's where it was. It's a long way away. Um, it's not about the beach. It's about the distance from where we are now. Well, long. And there are a lot of positives about the area. I, no, it's a beautiful I, yeah, area. I know a lot got of people, a life there. I know a lot of people who live there and they just love it. And, you know, it's at the beach. It's weirdly affordable. Um, it's close to Disneyland. Yeah. There's a lot to like about it. Um, and, but on the, on the tail end of me trying to do that, I realized what I was doing. I was doing that thing I do mm-hmm. where I was trying to like upend my life when I was not happy with it. Um, 
because maybe subconsciously I was thinking, you know, there's a lot of people up in my business right now Mm -hmm. and I'm not comfortable with that. I've never been comfortable with like people asking me over and over again. So how's this? How's this? How's this? Yeah. I just have always been the person that wants to like just work through it. And then on the other end, come out and be like, Hey guys, I'm good now. (laughs) Don't worry. Don't even worry about it. Um, so yeah, I, you, you do, you go, you, you go, you're at a 10 when you, when you need to change something, you change it at a 10. And you know, some people, when they're dealing with a lot in their lives, some people will look outward and try to like meet with their friends and converse with them or have fun yeah. or do something. I go inward and I try to recede and I try to just be my own little turtle in a shell and mm-hmm. then get over it and yeah. do what I got to do and then come out. Mm-hmm. And I knew... I knew that's what I was doing. I was trying to isolate myself by moving away from everybody in my life. And once I realized that, I was just honest with myself. And I was like, we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. We're not going to live this life. Yeah. So I'm going to stay in the same area as well. Um, and so w- once we both landed on that decision, mm-hmm. you were like, what if we live in the same building across from each other? I that just, would be cool. I had this vision of us being so like friends, you know, in yeah. the same apartment complex. And maybe we will. Who knows? Who's to say? Because and that's the thing. I'm we're going to wind up having about the same budget. So we might have yeah. about the same apartment. That would be I'm great. open to that. But um, who knows? Because I do want to stay where I'm at. Because yeah. in L.A. we have um, two kinds of people, really. <laughs> We've got okay. the over-the-mountain people, and we've got the valley people. And some people well, do not mind going over the mountain into Hollywood. Yeah. I am not one of those people. I like to stay in the valley where I there's parking, and there is space, and there is a little bit bigger apartments, and less people sleeping in front of your door. Yeah, I mean, I mean that is know, what it is. It's a situation. It is what it, it is. It is complex. You forgot about the East Siders. Oh, well, you know, I kind of ignore them <laughs> all the time. Which kind of makes you a West Sider. I'm very much a West Sider. But you're not. You're a Valley. And oh, so well, am I. I'm, I'm a Valley, but, you know, you work in the West, West, West. I do side. work in you the work West. You work in Santa Monica. Pretty much about as West as you can get. Yeah. Um, and I would have I um, balked at you moving to Santa Monica as well, because that's a long way away. I have no desire to move to Santa it's Monica. It's like Long Beach, but l- less good and way more expensive. Yep, pretty much. So yeah, That's pretty much it. Nailed on the head. <laughs> it's like Long Beach, but worse. And for no it's reason. It's like if Long Beach wasn't fun. Um, because Long Beach does have a lot to offer. They ha- have the highest per capita gay population of any city in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also are out there. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I, we, you and I fluctuate on what kind of apartment we want for ourselves, um, depending on the day, depending on how many bills we've paid that day. <laughs> We're like, Ugh. I don't know. I think I'm pretty. I think I'm pretty set on what I want. I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but that's the thing. I, I am, I am a little excited about living on my own because that is a phenomenon that's happening right now in my life. Is me and Robert have been together for a year and everybody is now saying, Oh, when are you going to move in together? Some people have even said, when are y'all getting married? And I said, Ugh. first of all, that's an, that's an inappropriate question. Ever, I mean, you know, people did opinion. that to us too, but it's inappropriate mm-hmm. because it's not your business, but also people, I mean, I, I guess that when are you moving in together question is inappropriate as well, but it's, it's more benign it's to less me, so, yeah. but also I'm like the question of when are y'all getting married? And I'm like, let me get out of a marriage before I get into one. Uh-huh. Um, 
but also Robert and I have talked and we both have had lives that have been oriented to include other people all the time. He's lived with his parents at times. He's had roommates at times. You and I were together, still are living together. And I just want to be a grown ass man living in my own grown ass apartment with my grown ass cat. Mm -hmm. Who's pretty much a curmudgeon. Um, No. He, I mean, he is today. But. He's well. He just likes. He, well, he also. I was thinking about this the other day. Bo, we got Bo in 2019. Benny is gonna go with me. Bo's gonna mm-hmm. go with you. We're gonna parent tramp our children. Only the difference is the children hate each other, so <laughs> we don't. We don't have to worry about them. You know, meeting at summer camp and trying to get us back getting together. us back together. No, that's not. Uh, but because Bo is street cat alpha male and benny is also alpha Alpha, male but he's tender like his poppy he sure is uh and so we do benny and i both tend to crouch a little when people get mad in our face so i feel bad because benny's just like why can't i be the alpha male and i'm like we're not very alpha male whining about not being the alpha male yeah but um can i tell you too that's also (laughs) like something without fail 100 percent of the time whenever i talk to people about our situation Mm -hmm. and how we're going to split up if they know we have cats they're always like what about the kitties what are they going to do and i'm like well he's going to take one i'm going to take the other one and they're like no you can't split them up and i'm like they don't care they do not care. No. Nope. They'll be happier. They don't care. They'll be happier, just them. Uh, and I do suspect that the harder transition will be for you not to see Benny every day. More than Probably. me. Because I've always been a little bit of an uncle to, to Bo <laughs> for the five years he's been here. As he um, comes to see you. Hi, hi Bo. Uh, but Benny's always been my little baby. He's yeah. been my favorite. And we're going to. He was always really yours. He I was mean, always my cat to begin with. I, I adopted him. We were already dating when I started adopt when I adopted him. But he was mine and he'll be mine. And he's going to be 14 this mm-hmm. year. But that's how that's going to go. Uh, but yeah, me and Robert are not going to move in together right away. I at least want six months to a year of me. Because yeah. I told him, I said, I have oriented my life for uh, being with someone. Living my lifestyle has been oriented with that. And I want to establish who I am, what I do in my house without you. Mm-hmm. And vice versa for you, too, totally. I'm sure. Because this is the same uh, with before, me. Before I move in with someone else. Because I will have this wide gap in my life when you're not, you and I are not living together. And I don't want to fill it with someone else. I want to fill it with me. Yeah. So, because you might not even know. Yeah. What that I don't like. know. I don't really know what that And I'm going like. to learn to cook. And you bought me a baking class for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to go do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the same is the same as for me. Like, I went from living with my parents and my family home to moving to New York and living with you. And mm-hmm. we have lived together, either just the two of us or with roommates to varying degrees <sighs> since what we, you know, since then. Um, and we've talked about this before where, mm-hmm. like in private, where um, I said, you know, I am looking forward to having my own space and having my own apartment yeah, and doing what I want to do in it. But mm-hmm. I also, it's going to be very strange for, I think, a good while to like come home after work and know that you're never, really, you're never going to be there. Like mm-hmm. I'm not coming home to somebody anymore. Yeah. You've never really done that, I mm-hmm. guess. I will tell you, I have. It's delightful 
to the point when I'm you sure. and I started dating, I'm like, we may never live together. I love living alone. I love living alone. Yep. It's so much fun to just yeah. have your space. You will never have to worry about what I think about how you decorate, right. how you arrange the house, where you put anything. You will not have 600 books on a shelf. That can with 100% honesty was the first thought I had after our breakup that made me go, this is going to be okay. What? That I was like, I get to decorate my own apartment exactly how I want it. And nobody Which, gets to tell me no. And it's stupid because <laughs> I mean, that, and the reason I say it's stupid is because that is such a valid feeling, but also I never, ever, ever balked at any way you wanted to decorate this apartment. You sure did. Did I? Yes. I don't remember Mostly with that. furniture. What do you mean? All the furniture I like, you always say it's clunky. Well, because you like ugly furniture. Mm. But that's okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not ugly. It's just, I like a lot of negative space. Yeah. And, and I, you like a lot of hefty stuff. Yeah. Um, But that's okay. I'll come to your house and uh, enjoy it. But um, what do you, I want us to do a thing now. Because... When we had first, when you first, or when you came on the podcast last, it was still fairly fresh, the breakup. It was still fairly fresh, us finding our footing um, on who we were for each other as best friends. What? So I want to do a thing now. I want to do a, uh, a, I want to talk about what you've noticed in me in the last year as just your best friend and vice versa. Oh. Do you want to go or should I go first? That's scary. Um, I'll go first. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of the things I'm noticing in you, and this has kind of been, this might be a little bit of like recency bias because this has been happening, I think, more Re- what, recency bias. What does that mean? It means you're just more more prone to like be drawn to the thing that happened the most recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, for example, if... Um, Let's say, for example, that Fantasia won the Oscar for uh, Color Purple. Mm-hmm. Some people might say that's recency bias because that but, movie came yeah. out the most recently. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I say that because this thing I've been seeing in you most recently. Yeah. Um, but it is a change that I think has been kind of bubbling a little bit since we split up. Mm. Is you have really... Um, just come into your own power more than I've ever seen you do before. Really? You've always had like a really strong desire to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think for various reasons, that's something you've always struggled with. Um, and I'm sure that therapy has helped you kind of unpack that. Oh, yeah. Um, but now you're, you are at this point where you are able to kind of like, to go back to the example you gave earlier in the episode with dealing with people who are kind of like not meeting you at the same place that you're meeting them. Mm -hmm. That's always been something that has really just gotten under your skin and has just, because you're, you just cannot compute that kind of behavior so much that it bothers you. Yeah. And now you're at the point where it still bothers you, but you're able to just kind of like move on and let, let it go. Mm -hmm. Whereas previously that's been behavior that has really stuck with you a lot and, and really hurt you. Yeah. Well, and also, I I still struggle. I won't say struggle. I still grapple with the fact that my proclivities are that I like to share stuff with people. But when they don't want to share it with me, I don't get nearly as frustrated. I'm like, well, 
Right. Kick rocks. I'm going to do it myself then. Right. And I'm going to go live the life I want to live and do the things I want to do, even if it's by myself. Right. Uh, I still balk it a little bit that when friends that I love dearly is just like, no, thanks. I'm like, no, no, we have to watch this show together. But um, that is something that's always fascinated me about you. As somebody who is very independent, mm -hmm. you're very dependent and not necessarily in a toxic way, but you love to share things with people yeah. and you want and you want people to want to share things with you. Yes. And sometimes they don't really they don't. It's true. Um but yeah, I'll do one now. Okay. Um I've always found you to be uh so and I, and you would agree with this, overly cautious about everything. Um to the point where you have to clear the deck before you can have any fun. You have to do all the work before you'll do any fun. And that was something that was, I mean, it was big enough to lead to one of the catalysts for our breakup. And then literally my mother <laughs> marveled at it. She goes, wow, you broke up with him because he didn't want to do anything. Now we went to Chile. Mm -hmm. It's a little ironic, isn't it? And I was like, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to dignify that with an answer, <laughs> but, and I told her, I said, no, it's actually not. I said that it's just further proof that the breakup was right because right. it was never going to happen together. And I, and the thing is, I'm not bitter about it at all. When you went to Chile, I felt like you went to Chile by yourself mm -hmm. and I was like, I've never been prouder. I'm mm. so proud Thank that you. this happened. I'm so proud that he found that journey in himself. Uh, but you've really found your way of making your way in life without caution and without, um, without just, you know, shooting yourself out of a fun time. Yeah. But also, and you, you've gotten to a place where you are more spontaneous. Your spontaneity is, palpable really really yes the other night I, I just texted you off the cuff and i was like we're going to the movies in like an hour and oh, a half. Yeah, you want to yeah. go and you're like yes i do and i was like that is okay. never something you would have done you're like i can't go to the movies in an hour and a half i haven't planned it for a week and let me tell you i really had to convince myself that that was okay did you really like because it it took me a couple of minutes to respond I got the text right away and could have responded right away yeah but it took me a couple of minutes because i really had to like work through the mental gymnastics of like, uh, is that, do I want to? Is this okay? Is that, because, you know, even though I have really come out of my shell a lot since my college years, because you know, I've always been a good, I've always been a lot of an, uh, I've always been very heavily an introvert. Mm -hmm. And now I'm more of like an extroverted introvert. Mm -hmm. um, but still, as an introvert by nature, if somebody does spring something like that, like that on me, I really have to really decide, do I feel like doing this or not? Well, at least you're self-aware enough to know that this is a you thing and not a world-collapsing thing. Yeah. Because then, used to, you'd be like, that's, that's ridiculous. Why would I go to the movies in an hour and a half? I can't do that. <laughs> you know? And it's, yeah. And I just sat there for a couple of minutes and really hashed it out with myself of like, do we feel like doing this? Mm -hmm. Do we really feel like doing this? And yeah. then I was like, yeah, we do. So cut to two and a half hours later where you did not like the movie and wished you hadn't seen it. <laughs> no, but no, but I said, I'm glad I saw it. Yeah. I did not like it. And that's fine. Um, cause so. I, I didn't quote unquote, didn't pay for it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, cause we are AMC a list. 
So yeah, I did pay for it, but also that's how they get you. That's how they get you. Well, no, it, we did see it, and um, I think it's a great thing we did see it. But yeah, I don't need to see it again. No. Um, uh, and yes, I'm not saying the name of the movie. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I can if you. I don't care. Okay. I don't care. It's not. That's not oh, the point. But that thing that you said a minute ago, honestly, that really stuck with me. Uh, the idea of like you have to clear the deck before you can have any fun. Because mm-hmm. there was a time toward the end of our relationship where we had plans to go out and do a thing. And it's just in my nature. I had to, I kept coming up with, oh, I got to do this first. Got to do this first. Got to do this. Like just household tasks. Like mm-hmm. do the dishes. Do this. Do that. And then by the time all that was done, the moment had kind of passed for us to like go out and do the thing we wanted to mm-hmm. do. And you were pretty bothered by that. And you told me, you were like, you have to make sure that there's nothing else that you could possibly be doing that quote unquote has to get done before you can just drop it and go have some fun. And I was like, oh, I do do that. And it had never occurred to me. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, just want and, you to know that really stuck with me. And it did me too, because I sort of, that was sort of the day where I was just like, I don't think I can do this anymore. I don't think this is the life for us because we'll never have spontaneity together mm-hmm. in that way. And we do now as friends. Yeah. But I, yeah, it was just, it. that was sort of, that was the day that I was like, this is, it. I wonder, mm-hmm. I want, is this all there is, you know? And not only that, it's just, it was oil and water in some ways mm-hmm. of, my, you know, pushiness and your passiveness. Mm, well, and <laughs> I was going to say stubbornness. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I guess but yeah. stubborn, but you're, but also passive and just, you know, because you are a planner for the future and, um, and you used to always put off any fun to save the money to have the future you want. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what if you don't get to the future? So, um, that's so I, and now you, I see you having a lot of fun. Well, and you, a minute ago, you said something like, you know, you have let go of caution and I, completely or whatever. And I mm-hmm. would say I am much less cautious than I used to mm-hmm. be, but I still have some of that a little bit. And I, I like to think that I now have like a healthy degree of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I once heard somebody describe to the me, point where I didn't realize you have it. It's just like normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, um, I want somebody to describe having ADHD as like as um, having an inability to prioritize, where mm-hmm. it seems like you can't make a to do list because everything is just number one. Mm-hmm. And you think you have that? No, I think I have the exact opposite, uh-huh. where I have too much of an ability to prioritize. Where like, well, clearly, planning for buying a house in the future, ten years from now or five years or whatever, mm-hmm. is more important than going to the beach. Yeah. But that's not necessarily the case, especially you can these do days. both, right? That's yeah. what I'm saying. You can do both, um, but that's I mean that's yeah. I've I've noticed that about you. You've really softened the edges because you were you were very sharp edged for a long time. And I do kind of think that just the state of the world has kind of led me to that as well. I think it's happened to a lot of people. Because there might not be a beach next week. <laughs> or a house, you know. like. <laughs> so, well, that's what I was more so referring be, to. is like It might just literally not be possible in this country for anybody who's less than you know the richest of the rich to own land. Mm-hmm. And we do own land. 
Well, by proxy, I don't, not yet, by proxy of our families. Yeah. You're going to get one one day. I am. There you go. And that's the white way. Yep. The generation way. Generational wealth. Uh, but, yeah, I said a lot about you. Is there anything else about me? Yeah. I honestly think both of us have relaxed more mm-hmm. in general than we were before. Um. Because I also see you, you know, especially those last few years that we were here in L.A. and here together, um, you were not a very relaxed person. Mm-mm. You were not. I mean, I don't think either of us were terribly happy. And I think we've both gotten a lot happier and a lot more relaxed mm-hmm. now. Um, and I like it's. It makes me happy to see that in you specifically. Yeah. Um, because that was the person, you know, I've always been kind of tightly wound and uptight. Mm-hmm. And I'm just now kind of reaching that point in my life where I'm able to just kind of like breathe and just kind of go with the flow a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Whereas you were that when we met. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the person who I was used to. This like cartoonishly like cheerful, happy-go-lucky. I, I'd never met a person like you before, ever. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what drew me to you. Um, and... You know, up and down across the years, but especially the last couple of years that we were together, uh, you were just so beaten down by a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm seeing it's not like the same version of you before, because that can't be, that can't happen. But it's like a new version of that. Mm -hmm. The Pokemon evolution of who you were in college. (laughs) And, you know, and that's, I've had to really settle into it and you know i i do feel like i need to bring it up on the podcast a little bit because bless robert bless you bless everybody in my life who's very close i've been bringing it up for three years total now of just dad passing away in 2020 and then this year i've talked about it a little bit on the podcast with you know my childhood home burned down in march and my mom was inside and it was, you know, that was, I'm still sort of piecing that together. And yes, if you haven't heard any of the other episodes, my mom got out alive. But, <laughs> yeah, she, but she was inside in, okay. the, in the middle of the night. And she and Aunt Sandra had to dig their way out of the house, find their way out of the house, get out through the smoke. And it was scary. And then two days later, a man died in my arms. And that's... That is, I mean, that was, that's a lot to, to grapple with, but also I'd been beaten down by life and by what I realized today in therapy, people for whatever reason, and this is, you know, this is the beginning of a journey for me. Why do people project onto me their insecurities? I don't know. And, um, so that had beaten me down because people really have done that. And then I went through some really serious situations that we really, we want every bad thing to end quickly and have no consequences. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they can end quickly. And a lot of times they can end without consequence and your life can go the way it used to. Like I got a parking ticket the other day. Yeah, That's a bad thing, but I paid the, $58, $58, and now my life continues with no consequence. Right. The consequence uh, is you have 58 less dollars. I have 58 less dollars, but it's not life-altering. So we all want l- our bad things to be that parking ticket. Let me just pay the bill, and let me get it out of my hair. Mm-hmm. Well, when your dad dies, and then your childhood home, the only home you've ever known permanence in, uh, is gone, 
and your mother is now ostensibly homeless. She doesn't own a home. She's living with her sister. And then also a man that you've had a complex relationship with for your whole life is having a massive heart attack and you have to do CPR on him. And then he doesn't make it. Then, um, it, it, there's not a way to go through those things this year without consequence. I have to realize the fragility of life and I have to use that as not a way to be fearful of life, but also as a way to enjoy it more because it's so fleeting the life that we know. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I'm, I choose to be light and airy as much as I can. And also I choose to be a space where others can be light and airy as well, because I did get into the space where I would be militantly devoted to my own light and airiness in the point that if anybody else was intruding on that, I had things to say to him. And so now I have to, I mean, just my, one of my favorite quotes from the Bible is be still and know, you know, be still and know that I'm God, be still and know, you know, that, that concept of just, if you'll just relax and have faith, not just faith in God, but faith in yourself, sometimes it'll be okay. You don't have to tweak and conjole, cajole and, you know, barter with life to get it to go right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's where I'm at with that. Um, but, yeah, well, I'm really glad you came here and had a conversation today. Yeah. And I know everybody who listens to the show is probably wondering about you. Because you were a mainstay from New York to Los Angeles on this show. Mm -hmm. Through the COVID years. Through the COVID years. Uh, And you're not going anywhere. And I'm not going anywhere. We're here as friends forever and ever and ever. Indeed. So. I think let's, um, I know we're wrapping up. Let's give a very, very, very brief summary of the divorce. Oh yeah, I forgot. So basically, during COVID 2020, on our 10 year anniversary, we decided that we were gonna file for domestic partnership, mostly because, um, because we were just you know decidedly together. Yeah, and also COVID was coming, and we didn't know what was going to be happening. Well, and that so that's what I mean. We so we decided mostly for logistical purposes that we didn't know. I mean, if you remember back. To 2020, because hindsight is, you know, no pun intended, is 2020. (laughs) But when we were in 2020, we didn't know. We didn't know what this was going to be. It just kept spreading over the whole world like a cloud in a way that we didn't understand then. And we understand it now. And Kind of. Well, I just, I mean, people know things. Both sides were correct and both sides were incorrect on this situation. And you know what I mean by both Mm -hmm. sides, and I don't have to go into it. But both sides were correct and both sides were incorrect. But we had to try something. We had to do something. Whatever. Exactly. But we didn't know. And people were dying. More Mm -hmm. and more people were dying. And there was no rhyme or reason to who was vulnerable to to it killing them. So we didn't know. So we decided to uh, file for domestic partnership because had you gone to the hospital or had I gone to the hospital, we would not have been able to make 
uh, medical decisions for one another. It would have had to have been our mothers um, or your father. Uh, well, I guess my father, too, at that point, uh, because my father was still alive when we did that. But um, it would have had to have been our parents. So we decided to file for domestic partnership. And that was great. And then when we broke up, we decided, you know, we actually decided, and we can say this now because we're in the middle of a divorce, uh, we had decided to just stay domestic partners for a little while because I had good health insurance and I was going to get you on my health. I was going to keep you on my health insurance and just logistically we're best friends. and We're going to take care of each other. But then you got a new boyfriend and made some plans. Right. And so, and, and it just, it made sense that we were going to, um, d- to separate. And so we looked it up and we, and they said, yeah, just file the paperwork to undo a domestic partnership. So that's what we did. And then a few days later, we were denied. And we found out that in the state of California, if you're in a domestic partnership for less than five years and you also acquire more than $6,000 of assets, they just automatically move it from the domestic partnership file to the marriage file. And so we were married and they said, good luck, get a divorce. Yep. And so we are in the middle of a divorce. So once everything is said and done and the dust has settled and our divorce is final, we're going to have the best little divorce party you could ever imagine. That's right. We've decided it was going to be first wives themed. So everyone will wear white and you and I might even do a little song and dance at the end, just like the three ladies from the first wives club. Uh, But that's, yeah, that's basically it. We didn't mean to get married, but now we are divorcees. Divorcees. And you know, we've gone back and forth about like, I was at a party where you kept introducing me as your ex-husband. Well, we were trying that on And you were like, is that like, okay? And I was like, yeah. And then truly like after that night, you were like, I don't know if I like that. I don't like that. <laughs> I, I mean, like, it was okay. like, because it's fun to introduce someone as your ex-husband. It is. Because literally everybody went. It sounds oh. so <laughs> dynasty, you know, cosmopolitan. Oh, look at my illustrious life. My exes. But it's also in 2024, it just causes more confusion. Yep. And we don't need that. You're my best friend. You're my roommate. Uh, so, yeah. I'll wrap up with a very quick, funny story about you. Okay. And then we'll say goodnight. Um, so, when we were talking about the divorce party, you had floated the idea of also doing a registry. Because, you know. Oh, I'm still serious about that. We're doing it. So, we were pretty much married, for all intents and purposes, according to the state. Um, for a few years, we had been together for about 13 years, mm-hmm. um, and never had any kind of ceremony, never had any opportunity for our friends or loved ones to lavish us with things. Right. And so you said, you know, we're both moving out on our own for the first time. Why not just do it then? We need stuff. We're splitting we're everything splitting in this things. house. So we're doing, I a need registry. a toaster. You need some cookware. Yep. So why not just, am I have keeping a- the toaster? I guess, I guess I just decided that in my brain. You use it more than I do. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, you were like, let's do a registry. And I was like, love that. Cool. Let's do it. And then a couple of days later, I said, you know what? I've been thinking about the divorce party. And you were like, oh yeah, what, what's up? And I said, I just don't know about having a registry. And you were like, oh yeah, why? And I said, I don't know. It just feels, and you said, tacky. And I said, yeah. And you said, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I said, okay, me neither. You don't have to buy me anything, <laughs> but it's there if you want to. Yeah. I've told you what I need. I would like some new sheets, please. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just like, well, I did not ask, I did not solicit being married to you just so you know. So I deserve the gifts. Yeah. That's what I think. Uh, but yeah. So I do think we should just do one registry Mm -hmm. 
and let yeah. everybody just buy it. And then we separate, we, we just know what was what. Yeah, this is for, yeah, sure. Yeah, not your registry, my registry. But yeah, so all things considered, we are doing pretty well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 2024 is uh, looking up. I like it. Mm-hmm. So far, it's been a great year. Um, but yeah, do you want people to follow you on, on social media? No. <laughs> Not at all? No. Um, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I've you got- never know. You don't know what you don't know. So I'm going to give you your handle. Instagram is Ethan H. Ham. Because uh, today he doesn't want you to follow him. But if you're listening to this six months from the day it was released, he might. So follow him. Well, if I have a social media manager by then, then yeah, I'm going to want you to follow me because it's not my business anymore. <laughs> Somebody else is handling that. And that is why we're divorcing. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Your incessant need to control. Uh, <laughs> my social media manager. But no, I'm giving the control to somebody else. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> my Instagram is Kyle L. Henderson. And if you want to follow me, please do. And uh, I just want to wish everybody a happy middle of January, y'all. We're ha- half a month in to the year 2024. It's leap year, so there's magic in the making. Uh, it's also a presidential election year, so stay hydrated with that. Don't overexert, and maybe just don't talk politics with friends when you're out and about. Just keep it in the voting booth. And I'll see you next week for another raucous episode of Not For Nothing. Bye. (laughs) 